You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. What's up, y'all? It is Catherine Banco of the Heart and Soul Podcast, and I'm sitting here with a um, very familiar co-host today, but not the one that we all um, would think. Hi, guys. This is Macy Cole. Third time, baby. Yes. I love Third time's a charm. Here. I love you being here. So fun. Um, yeah, Macy is co-hosting today. Our sweet, sweet, beautiful angel baby, Chelsea, is Ugh. out of town. So um, we had our basically third co-host step up yes. to um, lead with me today. So thanks for being here, Mace. It is a true honor. I literally love it. I, you, I don't want to leave. It's a true honor being in your presence. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we just finished up an interview with Katie DePaula and she is a entrepreneur, a business owner. She runs a company called Inner Glow Circle, which is, um, a tr- it's a coaching program for specifically for women entrepreneurs. So mm-hmm. we really think that y'all are going to get a lot out of this interview today. It's really empowering. It really encourages you to step into, um, your purpose mm-hmm. and to make your passions into a profiting business, which would be dope for literally everyone, right? Absolutely. And she drops some really good nuggets. Like definitely be sure to listen to her words because she has so many good little nuggets. And just as a woman listening to her, I was like, yes, let's go. Yeah, people. I was like, feminism. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. But, but for real, she's awesome. So I'm really excited for y'all to listen to that. But before we get into that, we have to talk about our happies and crappies. Perfect. Do you have any happies or crappies for this week? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, a major happy is being on this podcast. Mm. It is so fun. I'm very excited about it. And I'm just really happy about 2020. I feel like 2019 was an entire year of learning and transformation. And this, you know, 14 days in, I feel like I've landed. So yeah. we'll check in at the end so of the So far, month. so good. Yeah, exactly. Two weeks of straight goodness. Yeah. Um, what about crappies? Um, I didn't get to Bible study yet today, which I like just really, that is like my nourishment. Mm-hmm. But I teach at 5 a.m. So I, I couldn't swing it this morning. Okay. So do you do it before your 5 a.m. classes? Um, I try to. So you're like Michael. Well, I don't, that doesn't happen often. Mm-hmm. Um, usually on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'll do it at the four, while the 4.30 class is going on, but I have so much work to do. I'm probably not going to get to it at all today, but I do try to get to it before if I teach, um, like around nine. Mm. Bless you. Yeah. You're, you're stellar. Well, it just makes me a regular, like human. Yeah. That's good. I need it. I like that your fur is your nourishment because that's what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, well, my crappy is that, well, my happy is that we're still under contract. Yes. So far, everything's okay. Good. And that there's still a contract. The crappy is the house that we're buying needs a new roof. So it's oh. like, it's fine. It's just like the biggest thing. A right. house it's like the roof over your head. Right. It's better than finding termites or something. True. Yeah. Um. So, and everything else is pretty good. Good. So I feel like. If we can get this roof thing figured out, then we'll be good to go. But I'm, I am prone towards anxiety, have been all my life. And so situations that are like adulting and like stressful like this, yeah, 
make me make my head spin. And I'm really thankful that I have Michael, who yeah. is not like that, right? To be like, it's not the end of the world, right? So my happy is also that I'm married to my perfect match. Yes, Troy's the same as Michael. Mm-hmm. Keeps us grounded. Keeps me grounded. Yeah, especially when I'm spinning out of control. Um. So yeah, is there anything else you want to talk about before we dive into this? Um, bomb interview yeah I don't think so just hello to whoever is listening thank you guys for listening this podcast is amazing and I think we should all just continue to lift each other up and love one another you did it again (laughs) like you're on here for four seconds and you've already like changed people's lives (laughs) do you know that for the soul superlatives of 2019 we get we gave you most likely to save your soul oh my gosh that is no how did I not know that? Well, you need to go back and listen. Okay, I'm I'll going send to do you. Oh, wait. I think I did listen to that. I didn't get to me, maybe. Mm, I don't you're know. so humble. No. <laughs> I listened to everyone but myself. No, I don't. I just think I didn't get to... Anyways, thank you. That's a huge... Yeah. Another huge honor. Um, well, we love you. Thanks for hosting this with me today. And we are going to go to our interview now with Katie DePaula. But before that, we are going to take a short break for one of our sponsors. Hey, heart and soulers, how's your 2020 going so far? You doing okay? We did an episode a couple weeks back about setting intentions, and I just wanted to check in and see where y'all are at with that. Do you feel like you're making strides? Maybe not. Well, if not, we have a way for you to make 2020 a year where you can explore new skills, deepen your existing passions, and get lost in creativity. And you guessed it, that's through Skillshare. Skillshare has online classes, and I'm talking where millions of people come together in community to take the next step in their creative journeys. There's thousands of inspiring classes for both creative and curious people on literally so many different topics, and what I love most about it is that they're actually taught by legitimate experts in that subject, which I feel like gives it a little extra push for you to want to learn from the best, right? So these topics include illustration, design, photography, video, freelancing, fitness, writing, playing the saxophone like Jordan, um, or really anything that you're looking for. It's an online learning community that offers memberships with meaning. So not only are you just paying for another subscription, but you're paying for a subscription to grow your inner woman and to be stronger in a specific skill. Um, So you can explore, you can create new projects, you can support other fellow creatives all through this super empowering community that accomplishes real growth. I personally have taken a couple classes on there. I've taken the lettering class, which was really helpful for me, um, especially when I do little side gigs of lettering for weddings. It really helped amp up um, not only my style in lettering, but also my efficiency in it. That was awesome. I also took a random creative writing class on it because I wanted to blog more for soul. So there really is anything that you're looking for. Um, and I just really want y'all to benefit most in what you do best, you know? So if you would like to join this amazing creative community, all you have to do is go to skillshare.com backslash soul, and you will get two free months of their premium membership. That's Skillshare.com backslash S-O-L-E for two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for, wait for it, free. Thanks for meeting with us. Katie is the 
founder and owner of Inner Glow Circle, which is a female entrepreneur um, coaching business. And she is coaching. How many, how many clients do y'all have? We usually have a few hundred clients at any given time. Okay, cool. So we just yeah. have like a lot of questions because I was scrolling through your website and it seems like you have a lot of like raving reviews. And it also seems like in 2020, especially coaching is like the thing to do. Like it's almost, I'm wondering from you, like the saturation of the market and kind of um, what your day-to-day life looks like as far as acquiring clients. But before we get started in Inner Glow, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are and kind of your history and what led you up to being a business owner? Yeah, well, I, you know, my story really has a couple different parts as, as most people do. But if I go back, the, the base of my story is that I, I went to college. I went to a great school. I went to Vanderbilt. So I was down in the South too. Um, and when I graduated from Vanderbilt, I moved right to New York city. And to me, moving to New York was really like the dream. And I thought that if I, if I went to New York, that would be the easiest way to, to follow my dreams and really figure out what I wanted to do with my life. So I had a couple different jobs working in fashion PR, working in marketing, advertising sales. And in my, my third job in New York, I just had one of those moments, which a lot of people have, where I found myself crying in the office bathroom, calling my dad and just being like, is this all there is? Like, is this what work is? Is this what life is? And I was really caught in the cycle. You know, I was really caught in that cycle of like waking up, going to work, sitting at the cubicle, making cold calls, and then going to the gym and, you know, maybe meeting up with some friends or whatever. And it just wasn't fulfilling to me. Like, I really felt um, disconnected. And at a lot of different points, I I felt very like depressed and I I didn't feel like I had a purpose. And that was really hard for me. You know, that was, that was quite challenging. And so, you know, I, I realized I just wasn't happy and that wasn't okay with me. Like that didn't satisfy me. That wasn't, um, gonna work for, for me and who I am as a person. And so from that point, I made a few quick decisions. I decided to move home to DC I worked for my family's business for a little while while I was figuring things out. I applied to grad schools and then I started grad school. I was really passionate about nutrition because a lot of the health challenges that I had had, which I'll get to, but um, I I started a master's in nutrition program. And then at the same time, I started a side business. There was a woman that I had gone to in New York to get spray tans from. She was doing airbrush tans out of her apartment. And when I moved home, I was like, you know, what could I do on my own? What could I do on my own? What could I do on my own? That's not like massive overhead and doesn't have a ton of startup costs. And for whatever reason, this, this woman who had a spray tan business who I went to for my spray tans popped back into my head. And I was like, you know what, if she can do that from her apartment, I bet I can too. And so I start, I set up a studio in my apartment and, um, you know, I, I, I realized at like the, the early age of 24 that I could make 60 bucks in 20 minutes. And that was really exciting for me. Like I saw a path, I could do the math of like how many of these I would need to do yeah. to like quit my job and stop working for the family business. And you know, it started to really make sense to me that, wow, I actually can work for myself and, and that's a real thing. And so really my, my journey started with, with, you know, starting my master's in nutrition and starting a spray tanning business. And then from there, a few chain of events happened and I got led into coaching. 
-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll get back into kind of how your business evolved, but um, our podcast focuses a lot on nutrition and health and fitness in general, because we have a community called Soul Sisters where we talk about shameless living Mm -hmm. and kind of try to change the status quo around why people exercise and the foods that we put in our body instead of doing it as like a punishment, more so as a way to like heal ourselves from the inside out and um, love the skin that we're in instead of constantly punishing it. So you, you mentioned that you had um, a passion for nutrition because of things that you've gone through. If you wouldn't mind, would you share some of that journey of um, where that passion came from? Yeah, sure. Happy to. So um, it's very timely actually with Justin Bieber's announcement (laughs) the other week, but I, um, I had Lyme disease for 12 years Wow! and for a decade um, of those 12 years, it was undiagnosed or misdiagnosed as something else. And so I really didn't know what was wrong with me. I, I now, you know, through like m- so many meetings with doctors and, and conversations around this and research, I, I remember getting bit by a tick when I was right before I turned 18, I was um, about to go to college. And then when I went to college, I got diagnosed with mono and you know, that was like a big thing. Like a lot of people got mono freshman year of college and they called it the kissing disease. And I was like, well, I definitely was kissing some people. So like, I honestly got a disease, <laughs> you know, cause like that would happen to me. So, you know, but the problem was that like, I went through all the antibiotic treatment and everything and I actually wasn't getting better. I was getting worse and worse. And when I stopped, like when I quote unquote completed the mono treatment, I was even worse, right? And so now I know looking back that you know, I didn't just have mono, I also had Lyme um, alive in my, you know, in my system. And so we were trying to fight a battle that we didn't really know also was happening. Mm-hmm. But the crazy part is like, you know, nobody, no doctor tested me for Lyme disease. I ended up doing so much research on my own that I asked my general doctor um, if, if he would test me. And then I didn't get diagnosed until 2014. So it was just a really, really long journey. I'm actually now Lyme free. I did so much research. I was really at the end of my road. And by that, I I mean like, you know, I was at the point where I was like praying. I was in so much physical pain every single day that I would like pray God would take me in my sleep. Like it was really, really bad. And so I had a sort of a breakthrough moment that I talk about in my book, actually, where I was sitting in my parents' driveway, um, you know, in in my car. And I just had this moment with God. And I was like, you know, what's going on? Like, I understand that 30 doctors have told me there's no cure and that I'll never totally get better, but I don't really believe that, you know? And, and I just, my whole journey has been about, um, challenging the, you know, the status quo with everything. Like, I don't care if a doctor says it. If I in my body, mind, and soul believe that there's another truth, then I'm gonna go and look for that truth and you know, and until I have nothing left inside of me. And so I was just I, I could not accept, similar to not being able to accept that I was just gonna be unhappy and like working a day job for the rest of my life, and that was what I was gonna have to live with. Mm-hmm. I could not accept that I was going to be, you know at certain points bedridden and on an antibiotic protocol of, you know, seven to 10 antibiotics a day. And there were times where, you know, the medication protocols were so insane that 
I would have th these bottles of pills and vitamins just like spread out over my entire living room floor. And I had charts for my doctors with highlighting of like, you take this in the morning and then you take this. And it wasn't like I was taking one thing. It was like, I was taking 12 things in the morning, a couple things midday. I was taking 30 pills a day. And then there was all this other stuff you had to, I had to do to like detox the Lyme. So, you know, for those who, who are listening, who don't know, the thing about Lyme disease is they call it one of those, you know, they call it an invisible illness, meaning it's very hard to see. The reason why it's hard to see is because you may not look sick, you know, and, um, and, and also it can manifest looking like a lot of other things. It often gets misdiagnosed as um, MS. Sometimes it can get misdiagnosed as the flu, and the symptoms can really range. So for me, it was everything from really bad night sweats. Like I would wake up drenched, which is so gross, but it's the truth. And then um, tons of brain fog. That was like a really, really big thing. I really just like felt hungover for about 12 years of my life. Oh God, that sounds miserable. It was horrible. So, you know, I'm not a big drinker, but it's not because I like have any sort of problem with alcohol. It's just that like, I couldn't, I, I, I felt like I was hung over all the time. Wow. So why would I then contribute to that? Right. And so, I mean, of course I had my moments in college or whatever and, and afterwards, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I had to, I had to build a healthy lifestyle because I had to build a life, a healthy lifestyle to survive. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. I hear so much in your story about things that require so much faith and so much mm -hmm. light. And like, even as I am listening to you speak and um, we get the opportunity to watch you speak because we're on Zoom call, you have such an intensity um, and a vivaciousness to you and this, this strong power to overcome and question the things that don't feel right in your heart. And so I'd love to hear a little more about um, the foundation of your faith when you speak about like your conversation with God or that internal determination, where do you feel that came from and how long do you feel you've had that or has it matured over time? Yeah. I mean, I, there's a part of my book where I say like, I am, I was grateful that God and I already had a relationship when shit hit the fan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it wasn't like I was like trying to talk to God, like, Hey, I know I've completely disregarded this part of my life, but like, I really need your help now. You yeah. know, I've always been someone who's very connected spiritually and, and my faith has looked a lot of different ways at different points in my life. I mean, I, I grew up Catholic and then I tried different, you know, um, churches within Christianity. And then I sort of swore it off and like, didn't want any religion in my life. And then I became very spiritual, but like completely on my own terms. My boyfriend now is Jewish. So I'm like exploring that, you know, I, for me, like, it's just about having a relationship with God. It's so weird. I was taking the Amtrak back from New York to DC and this kid starts talking to me who's sitting next to me. And I don't know how we got here. He was like a student at Georgetown 10 years younger than me, but quite, you know, smart and sharp. And, and we were talking about a lot of different things and we're, we were both Italian. So somehow like being Catholic came up anyways, I was, he was sort of trying to grill me on like religion and, and, and sort of outsmart me a little bit. Right. In like a cute way. I was like, okay, whatever. You're like 22. I'll let you do this right now. 
And so um, I said to him, though, I said, okay, I let him talk about, you know, his beliefs about faith and why Catholicism is important. And I said, okay, tell me this, what's your relationship with God? Mm-hmm. And he was like silent. And I was like, I let him like think about it. And then he starts quoting like different spiritual texts, like from the Bible and beyond. And I said to him, do you realize that like your answer to me when I asked you about your relationship was like just quoting these other texts. Like if you, if if you were describing like your relationship with your mom, you wouldn't be like, well, there's this book on parenting that has this quote. (laughs) (laughs) I literally said this to him. Right. And he's laughing. But you know, the point is that for me, nothing matters in the realm of spirituality. If there's not a relationship present, Mm -hmm. nothing matters. I mean, I really believe that everything is relationship based and and you guys brought this up earlier, but before we started, um, started the interview about coaching and the coaching industry. And, you know, the reason I love coaching is because it's so much based on relationship. Mm -hmm. It's fun. The coaching relationship is fundamentally a relationship And so it's this great place to practice intimacy and to practice asking for what we need. And my journey with God and with faith has very much been about intimacy and trust and asking for what I need and then believing, especially in the times where it like really looks like it's not going to happen, right? Like that's what faith is, is when all the evidence says otherwise. And I, I talk about this a lot, but I... I, I'm not, I don't ask myself what's probable or what's practical. I'm always asking myself what's possible mm-hmm. and possibility takes us to that higher level of like, exactly. you know, God or faith or the universe or your higher self or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't really matter what you call it, but this like extra force or higher level energy of like, okay, but what could happen? 30 doctors told you you could never get better, but could you, is it still possible you know, and then we haven't even touched on this, but exactly um, 100 days after we opened the doors to Inner Glow Circle, my current company, I got a phone call that my brother died from an overdose and it was an accidental overdose. But, you know, that was another thing that where, where my faith and, and believing that it was possible for me to have a relationship with my brother, even after he wasn't here, made a huge difference in my healing process. Would you say that these discoveries that you found on your path are one of the major things that you weave into your coaching? Like in what ways have you used your own experiences um, and your desire to live out your purpose in, in the ways that you relate to, the, to your clients? Yeah, I mean, I think that because we were building in our glow circle when all of this was happening in my life, like it's very much woven into the... Um, you know, the, the content and the teachings, like I was learning as I was also teaching. And I I think that I very much believe that, um, you know, we, we teach what we need to learn. This is like a huge hump that people have to get over in coaching. You know, usually is that like, well, I want to be a marketing coach. I want to be a health coach, but like, I'm still healing from my eating disorder or, um, I'm still learning about marketing or, I want to be a business coach or I want to be a whatever, but people just feel like they're not totally there yet. Well, we're never there yet. There is no there. Right. And so for me, my stance is like, we teach what we need to learn. And also we learn through teaching. Like there's no better accountability than me saying, you know what? I'm a mindset coach. 
I teach people how to get their head in the right place so that they can live their lives. Mm -hmm. But the only way I've become a mindset coach is like literally struggling, struggling with my mindset every day. So because me, and I'm talking about myself here, but because I've been diagnosed with anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, OCD, like, does that make me incapable of being a mindset coach? It depends who you ask, but in my opinion, it makes me the most capable. Yeah. Right? And so that's the message that we give to our students is like, it's the thing that you're most passionate about, that you're most dedicated to learning and understanding that that is important. It's it's not necessarily about how far you are. And I think you always have to be a couple steps ahead of your clients, but you don't have to be 10 steps ahead of your clients. I mean, as a coach, you really only want to be a few steps ahead of your clients. Yeah. Right. And I think I think that ahead. a common misconception, especially in the in the social media world that we live in, where you see everyone's highlight reel, is that you have to have it all together to chase your dreams or to be successful. <laughs> Right. Whatever success looks like to you, like you have to have it all together. But I also, I think that if we squash that and then, and we just like lived in our mess and we're vulnerable about where we actually are, then we would actually see growth, you know, because people would feel more connected, vulnerability would breed and bleed throughout communities right. and would feel inspired. Like, well, if she can do it then I can do it too. So I think it's really more powerful if someone's like, no, actually like this is the mess I'm in and this is what I'm doing to get through it. Right. Get with me kind of, thing, you know, like you <laughs> yeah. want to put it together. <laughs> right. I 100% agree with you. Yes. I, I think that's awesome that that's kind of the mindset you take as you coach people. If, um, so let's go back to inner glow circle. I want to hear more about how this got started. So you moved to DC, you start a tanning spray tan business in your own apartment. And then how does it go from there? So what happened was this sort of weird miracle, you know, like most of my life. Um, but what sort of happened was this, this weird experience that ended up being a huge blessing where these, these naked women were coming in and out of my apartment. Right. And they were opening up to me in a way that I just hadn't anticipated at all. Right. So I had like, invested in the machine. I remember it, like all my investments between like the, the products and, um, the formula and like this launch party that I did and initial marketing materials was like $5,000 or something. So I took $5,000 out of my savings and I invested it. And I did the math of like, how many $60 tans do I need to do to break even on this investment? Right. And that was like big business to me back then. And so I, um, I had a really clear idea of what I needed to do. And I went through training with the company that I was buying, you know, the machine and product from, and I was independent, right? Like it wasn't like I was, I was working for them. I just was buying their, their products. They were the, the manufacturer. Um, and I went, but I did go through their training. They want you to, they wanted you to be trained, properly trained. The one thing that they didn't train around though, that, that I was just not prepared for, but luckily had some natural gift for was that people started opening up to me in this way that I had never anticipated. They started just telling me all this, these like secrets. So I'd be standing there like airbrush. This was all like by hand, right? So I'd be airbrush spray tanning people and they, we'd be talking and I'd be like, okay, like, you know, they tell me about their breakup or about something that happened in their childhood. And they were like really opening up in these 20 minute appointments. I mean, it was quite, you know, fascinating. 
And then they, I'd be like, can you please stop crying? You're going to mess up your spray tan, <laughs> you know? And so, cause everybody knows like spray tan, no, no, is like tears or getting stuck in the rain afterwards. <laughs> and so, you know, people say hairstylists have all the secrets in the world. And, um, most of us have like, most of us women have relationships with the people that we see for beauty services, whether it's like the girl who does your nails or, um, you know, your stylist that you've worked for, for 10, with 10 years, for 10 years. And what I quickly realized was like, because spray tanning was like even more vulnerable mm -hmm. because you were literally naked. stripping down naked, people were just opening up to a level I had never imagined. And so that was really, really interesting to me. And I knew also that I must have a natural gift if people were opening up so much. And so I started to pay attention to that on one hand. On the other hand, I started to worry. I started to get worried that maybe I was not giving people proper advice and I had no background in counseling or psychology or anything like that. I was really interested in it and I had read a lot of self-help books, but I didn't have any like proper background. So that ended up being my inspiration for going through a coach training program. Like I didn't have time to become a therapist. So, you know, and my master's program, which I was in at the time was nothing about how to work with clients in the beginning stages. It was like this chem and, you know, buy like it's just stuff that was so difficult for me because my brain is just not as technical. So I ended up dropping out of my nutrition program and then starting a coach training program. Wow. So what does that entail? Like starting a coach training program? I'm sure you have to be trained as a coach first. And then like, how do you train other people? Like what are, what are the steps for that? Well, so I went through a coach training program, meaning like I was learning how to be a coach. I went through a different program than we. And what, is that like a, is that through like an online school or how does that work? I went to a program that was in person. Oh, nice. Um, and it was a, you know, it was a good experience, but there's a reason why we built, you know, our own program. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, you know, the, the, I didn't decide to create a coach training program originally what happened was I, I started my private practice. I started getting clients. I was getting a lot of referrals. People were coming back and renewing their contracts. And then they were recommending, you know, friends of theirs and it became quite organic. I mean, I definitely was like putting in the work and talking to people about my new business and, um, you know, really working through the, the edges inside of me that were afraid to, establish a business and be a coach because I was still young. And so I did have some insecurities about, can I really coach people around their lives when I barely lived my life? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I worked through all of that. I had my own coaches, I had my own mentors and I continued to work through that. And I, you know, I, I built my private practice. And from there I realized that like, if I was really going to scale and have this be a, um, bigger initiative with a larger impact, I needed to scale the business. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I decided to scale into a training program. And so what does that training program entail? Our coach training program is a six month program that, you know, covers 24 weekly lessons. Um, and it teaches everything from, you know, coaching, um, how to coach, how to be a coach, what questions to ask, what's coaching, what's not coaching, like giving advice is not coaching, right? Consulting and kind of 
telling someone what to do and pushing them in a certain direction is, is not really coaching. Yeah. Coaching is helping someone um, get clear on what their goals are and then helping them create a plan to get there. And so it's very much co-creation. What a lot of people think when they start coaching is that they have to be the expert, but you're really not an expert when you're a coach. And, and we live in this really interesting world where you know, personal development really is having a moment and um, being a solopreneur is so easy now. And a lot of people are calling them coaches who, you know, I personally, based on my definition, our company's definition and the definition of the ICF, which is the International Coach Federation, who like, you know, for example, we are accredited by, they're like this larger governing body. They would say that's not coaching, right? And so for us, like one of the challenges of, of this business is helping people understand what coaching is and what, help, what coaching isn't and why having training and a certification and accreditation is actually really important, even though we're working in an unregulated industry. I mean, like you can't be a nail technician or a massage therapist without a, a certification, mm-hmm. right? Coaching is so wild because in so many ways, it's like therapy and you can do it without any sort of credential or certification. Now, I don't advise it, but it's a completely unregulated industry right now. So with your trainings and what you've created, and especially when you see how organic and natural it's happened, like clearly you're stepping into your purpose and your calling, and then I'll continue to shape shift. What would be like your larger vision? Like what, what do you ultimately hope the kind of impact you're about to leave would be, and then dialing down to just 2020. What what are your major goals even this year? Yeah, I mean, I think that like my belief is that we're really leading the fourth wave of feminism. That like entrepreneurship is the thing that will set us free as women, mm-hmm. and that this is not just about hey, let's start a business or let me turn my side hustle into a business. Like this is about freedom. This is about you deciding what your pay scale is. This is about shattering all the glass ceilings. Like this is really an act of feminism for each of us to go out there and start our own businesses. And I'm really a stand for women having legitimate money making profitable businesses. Mm -hmm. You're not going to make a shit ton of money every single year. If you're really growing, you're going to have years where you made major investments and they're not going to pay off until the next year. Right. But if, if you don't have a, a, a business that's making money, ultimately, you don't have a business. And some people get upset when I say that, but that is what I believe, that right. we as women have a responsibility to become more and more legitimate as business people and as business owners. And you know, I've heard people say, oh, there's a lot of women out there who are playing business. That really pisses me off. One, that people are saying that, but two, that maybe that's happening, that we're just like, um, you know, doing this as a hobby when to me, it's so much more mission oriented and I'm not here to knock how anybody's doing it. That's not my point. My point is just that I, I work with so many women and have worked with so many women who sell themselves short and who haven't, um, really, really fully committed to being entrepreneurs. And that's the thing that's slowing them down. Like this is research based, but the number one block to female entrepreneurship, like the number one reason why women don't move forward with their entrepreneurial dreams is confidence. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And that kills me, but work working to close that gap. Yep. What a cool long-term vision. Like that is awesome. Catherine and I are both female entrepreneurs. Um, and I own a business with my husband, but he runs the gym and I run the studio and we approach it so differently. Mm-hmm. And in our, in our experience, we've had business coaches and mentors and it's been so male dominated that when I found female coaches, they came at it as such a different approach. Yeah. Really powerful to hear that that is like a long-term vision that you have is like this fourth wave of feminism and that freedom and what it entails. So with that being said, what does 2020 look like to you if you were, uh, if you could project it from your limited understanding? Yeah. I mean, in terms of like our, our main initiatives, 2020 is really about engagement. It's about engaging with our audience in different ways, in more intimate ways. Um, you know, the way that we work as a company is like, you know, we, we take sort of a, a picture of what's going on in the industry and in the world and we say, okay, well, what gaps can we close? Like a lot of people will, you know, talk about creating your niche or figuring out what your specialty is or, you know, this word niche is very popular in our world. I don't think there's anything wrong with that per se, but we say create for a need, not necessarily a niche. So my thing is like, figure out what problem you can solve out in the world that you're really great at solving that you have an answer for Mm -hmm. and then go solve that problem, right? It's not just like, oh, I love X, Y, Z. So I'm going to go do that thing. It's like, make sure there's a problem that you're actually solving. Make sure that there's a gap that you're closing because we got to make sure that our businesses actually solve problems. Yeah. You know? And so when we started the company, we were responding to a need. There were a lot of coach training companies out there and separately, there were a lot of personal brands, like these sort of pseudo celebrities that a lot of us probably follow a lot of the same ones. Right. Mm And so on one hand, there were like these institutionalized coach training organizations that were accredited by the International Coach Federation. And on the other, there were these big personal brands. IGC really went in the middle and said, you know what? Katie has a personal brand. Liv, who's my co-founder, has a personal brand. The women on our team have personal brands. We really support each person being an individual. That's important. But beyond that, having an actual... um, you know, education program, like my partner Liv has an education background. And so she was really great at building curriculums. And so, you know, our courses are, are based on what new coaches need to know and what early business owners need to know, or what business owners who want to open up another part of their business or um, improve their coaching skills as leaders need to know. So we weren't just making up this coursework. It was very much based on what was needed and what was necessary. And so we're, we're five years old this month and what we're doing for, you know, now what we've had a chance to do is take a step back and say, okay, we created our coach training program. We've created some supplemental programs. We Mm -hmm. have a program that teaches women how to run women's circles, like women's groups. Mm -hmm. We have a program that's a graduate program for our graduates to advance to the next level Um, But now we're looking at like digital coursework and like, what is it that people need to learn that maybe is at a more accessible price point than our larger programs? And what what would it look like to teach those things? Mm -hmm. You know, so, so we're really gone back to the drawing board and said like, okay, if we're committed to 
creating and facilitating this next wave of, of feminism, and we believe that's attached to entrepreneurship, then how do we make sure we're helping women become entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. So good. So good. And yeah. so um, key for especially our audience to hear, because we have a lot of women who um, are interested in being entrepreneurs or have this passion, not really sure how to step into it or in college and trying to figure out like, what does quote unquote adulting look like? You know, like what <laughs> right. is the world? And we really are seeing a wave in our society where women can and are stepping up into their God-given gifts and using those to make money. Mm-hmm. Right. Really, really fun. Like a really fun part of society to be in, especially <laughs> as a woman, a young woman, you know, starting a business. Yeah. So, um, we have four questions that we ask every single guest. So we're going to ask you those um, okay. to wrap up. But what is something right now that you are currently binging or obsessed with? You know, I, I'm really, um, I just started watching the morning show. I'm not a big TV person, but. Girl, it's so good. I really like it. I, I think I was just talking on a team meeting today, but. I think that there's um, such a strong feminist commentary in that show, but it's, you know, it's done in such a, a, I guess pop culture is the right word, but it's such a relevant way. Um, And, you know, I love Reese Witherspoon and I think that the work that she's done in Big Little Lies and, um, you know, she's really taken a big stance for women in Hollywood. And I think that's quite interesting. So um, I've gotten into that show. You're going to love it. Keep watching. It's so good. Okay. What is something that Macy kind of already touched on this, but outside of your business, what is something that you personally are excited for in 2020? Maybe in your personal life or um, a fun trip you have coming up? Well, I'm going to Mexico in a couple, a month or two. In March? Um, In February. Because I'm going in March, so that would be really funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where are you going? Um, ooh, Playa Mujeres. Okay. We're going to Riviera Maya, but I'm really excited. I don't even know, but that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm excited for some travel, and um, I love playing tennis, so I'm excited to play more tennis this year. And I, um, like I was telling you guys, I've been going to New York a lot for with the the guy that I'm dating now because he lives there. So that's been interesting. I love New York. I lived there. Like I was saying, I lived there in my early, early twenties and it's cool to be back there and, um, know who I am a lot more, you know, 10 years have passed and I also still feel so, so young. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, you know, I'm excited about this year. I'm excited about what's to come. Awesome. What is something that you love about yourself? You know, I definitely have this like fierceness and this passion. I know you guys were picking up on that. Sometimes it can be a little dangerous, but um, I I really do love and appreciate that about myself. I think it inspires me to get stuff done. And I think it's very much my fuel. And I think it's definitely one of the things that has me stand out among other leaders and people in the industry. I think there's definitely like this fire within me. And um, I think some of that I was born with. And I think some of it I also developed when I was, you know, fighting through all the stuff I was fighting through in my life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Last question. If you could tell women one thing, what would it be? 
I would tell women to believe in themselves and to trust themselves and to listen to themselves. I mean, you know, I really doubted myself for so long because so many doctors and, and we're supposed to believe doctors, right? They're doctors. But so many doctors told me that, um, you know, nothing was wrong with me, that it was all in my head, that I just was depressed or anxious. And I just knew that there was something more going on. I just knew. So there's something in your life, like every single person that's listening, there's something in your life that you just know. And there's people that are telling you differently, but there's something that you just know to be true, whether it's that you need to leave your job or you need to leave your relationship or, you know, whatever it is. Like now's the time. I, I just, I was saying to our team yesterday, cause we had a big 2020 like rally meeting. And I said, you know, I saw this post on Instagram from like the Vayner media account, which is like one of Gary Vaynerchuk's businesses. And, you know, they're, they're in the marketing world, like that's their specialty. And there was a post about like, um, you know, we're not saving lives or something like that. And the point of the post, like the copy under it was talking about how there's so much pressure and there's so much urgency at work. And like, we all need to slow down a little bit because we're not saving lives. Like this isn't an ER, you know? And we, we have a, a, a mentor and colleague that we work with who will say like, we're not selling oxygen mm-hmm. and we're not selling oxygen at Inner Glow Circle. But this is what I said to our team. I was like, that post really hit me funny because we are saving lives. Right. Like I am 100% sure that Inner Glow Circle saved my life, that continuing to work when I was depressed, when I was like, you know, dealing with my brother's passing, when I was sick, like having something to wake up for every day absolutely saved my life. And I know the stories of the women in our, in our company, like knowing what you want to do with your life and, and feeling alive every day and feeling a sense of passion and connection to your work and knowing that you literally are helping people every day that you wake up, like there is no better fuel for life. And for me, like I'm somebody who really struggles with my mindset. That's why I've become a a master, right? Or I'm a master in, in process, in training, because it's been so hard for me to keep a positive mindset. And so what I can tell you is that like the place that your head is in will dictate how your entire life goes. It's impossible to be positive if you feel trapped, if you feel trapped in your job, if you feel trapped in your relationship, if you feel trapped in any aspect of your life. And so get untrapped, (laughs) you know, like go do the things that you need to do. And the first part is listening to yourself and listening to the little, you know, um, flickers of desire. Like we talk, we say glow means greatest level of want. It's a, it's an acronym, right? Greatest level of want. So what is the thing you most want? I wrote a post about this today. Like for me, the thing I most want is to be happy. That's the thing I've, I've always wanted. Mm -hmm. Now I thought it was money or I thought it was, you know, to look a certain way, or I thought it was to be in a certain kind of relationship. And But when I focus on those things above the number one thing, which is happiness, things always get wonky. If I put happiness first and the other pieces, my health, my income, they're all branches from happiness, which is like the tree, then things start to make sense. So good. I love your words. It's spot on. Like seriously. So good. So good. So where can our um, listeners find you? 
So you guys can find us at innerglowcircle.com. We have a really, really great assessment for those of you who want to dig deeper into your purpose and figure out what you're meant to be doing with your life. That is at innerglowcircle.com slash purpose. And then um, you can find us on, on Instagram, like on, on the socials, right? So for me personally, I have a new account. It's at, it's Katie DePaula. And for Inner Glow Circle, it's at Inner Glow Circle. Awesome. And we will link all that in the show notes for girls to go to. Thank you so Perfect. much, Katie. Thank, you. Thank is- you guys so much. This was so fun. You yeah. Rock star. You're like awesome. You're just taking the world by storm. Whoa.